With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Ah, yes, indeed. A very good evening to you. Welcome to the Macca's Run. I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can. However you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in, it is great to have your company, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, right around the country on the SEN network. It's all for McDonald's. Grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, you can call it any time on the Macca's Run because we're all about catching you up on the biggest news items of the day, and it's all about you having your say on the news of the day. And you can do that on the Harcourts open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You'll move your Harcourts for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts. You can text in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper text. Temper uh, a mattress like no other. So we often are, we often start off on a Monday by after a big weekend of sport, and we break things down into two categories. What's on the back page and what's on the front page? You always want to be on the back page when it comes to sport. It's the good news stories from the week. It's the stuff mainly from on the field that you can really sink your teeth into. So there's heaps to talk about from a back page point of view. Unfortunately, we know all about what's on the front page, and we'll get to that the latest uh, on Jordan Degoe and the reaction uh, to what transpired um, with his visit to Bali and those who have had their say on that throughout the course of the day. Uh, you can do that. Harcourt's open line. Your move, your Harcourt's, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 But let's start with the back page, the good stuff to come out of the round. And we'll start with footy because it has been a big day in uh, global sport as well. Um, obviously, the FINA decision uh, to bar transgender women from elite female competition uh, if they've experienced uh, any part of male puberty. So there's a whole lot to unpack in that. And we do so with empathy and respect for all sides of that conversation. The um, sport itself with the arm wrestle between uh, fairness and inclusion. So it has a lot of complexities to it. Uh, And we'll hear a little bit about that uh, a little later on in the program. From a back page point of view, from a footy perspective, thankfully, the last of the buy rounds, but it did throw up some tasty twists and turns in a season that I reckon continues to provide more of those than an M. Night Shyamalan film. So brilliant lead in, I reckon, the events of probably the last couple of weeks, but certainly this round of footy. A wonderful lead in and appetizer to what might be this weekend the greatest home and away season round in recent history. I can't think of a better round of footy that had so much at stake in just about every game contained in it. So all top eight teams will play another top eight teams. And there's teams that are in the mix that are in danger games. So Thursday night, cannot wait for Melbourne and Brisbane. This is 1v2. Western Bulldogs 
um, who are right back in finals contention uh, at the moment. When you have a look at the uh, the AFL ladder, they are just a game, a win and percentage. Well, actually just a win out because their percentage of 118 is actually better than St Kilda and Sydney and Richmond who are one win ahead. And their actual percentage is better than Carlton uh, as well. But when you have a look at this round, so Thursday night, and you'll get every bit of action uh, right here on SEN, the best call team in the business. It's 2v1 Melbourne and, uh, and Brisbane. Then the Dogs and the Hawks, and the Hawks are showing they can upset anybody on their day. Um, it's just a battle for pride between West Coast and Essendon, but that could be a really enjoyable game to watch. And then Carlton and Frio. Um, Frio in the top four, Carlton just outside of it. Geelong and Richmond's going to be massive. Sydney and St Kilda, who would have th- who would have thought in the round that we've just had that they were going to go down to Port Adelaide and Essendon respectively, but that's how it all unfolded. Uh, last year's two cellar dwellers in North Melbourne and Adelaide do battle. Collingwood, right in the hunt for finals, just out of the eight on percentage. The Giants, probably not a chance anymore, but the way they're playing, they're going to look to take some scalps along the way. And then Port Adelaide come up against the Suns, both still believing and rightly so, especially the Suns, that they are in the hunt for finals in 2022. This is going to be a round to remember. So Thursday night we start off, and you can chime in at any point with your backpage stories from the round of footy. Richmond knocking off, knocking Carlton out of the four, 15-point win on Thursday night, a wet night. And, and Richmond played that brand of footy, I reckon, that resembled the style of their premiership years. According to first crack on Fox Footy last night, they had the high-volume intercepts, which they made their bones on. Eighth most ever for the club. They had a season-high forward half intercepts. That was a big part of their premiership success, 44 of those. A season-high inside 50, 76 of those, and they were plus 17% for time in forward half. That's a season-high for them as well. That's exactly what they did in their premiership years. They played the conditions a lot better than Carlton too. Carlton had plus 31 handballs, mainly in the first half before they adjusted. They stormed back into the game. And then, unfortunately, the embarrassment that is the goal review system uh, robbed them of a chance to get back within three points. And who knows what might have unfolded. Richmond were the better team on the night, but that was a pivotal moment in the game. You can have your say on that. That's more of a front pager, the score review system. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, Shea Bolton then raises the eye of many. He tried his hand. He's never had a villain nomination in Heroes and Villains on the sporting capital, Shea Bolton. But he did throw up his hand to maybe uh, get one, or just from you, because I actually loved it. Um, he tries his hand at playing the villain to rub a bit of final salt into a wound, showing the ball to Sam Doherty. They'd clashed a bit earlier. But aren't we crying out for a bit more personality in the game? Don't we want a bit of flair? Don't we want a bit of feistiness, a bit of spark, a bit of something? Just a little bit more mayo? It's a lot of fun. And, geez, it got a, a, a phenomenal response in the crowd on any side that you fall of that conversation. Sadly, Trent Cochin is a bad news story out of that round. He's having a sneaky, under-the-radar, very good season. He's set for a spell. Tom Brown reporting clavicle surgery in store for him. Carlton, by the way, deserve a heap of praise. Apart from ignoring all known non-negotiables about wet weather footy in the first half, but how they got back into the game in the second, they kept the Tigers to just 81 points, despite having 76 inside 50. So I think season record is 81-82 that the Suns had against North Melbourne. So 76 is a big amount and yet only to concede 81 points. I'll have to double-check what the Western Bulldogs and the Giants had on the weekend. Um, but the undermanned defence, they had several key players out, so I think they can hold their head up high, the Blues, but it's going to be tough for them with the personnel that they've got out. And Richmond are a little bit like an ex that dumps you but keeps letting you come over to catch up, in quotation marks. You always think you're a chance to get back in the game. They do leave the door open, 
uh, do Richmond. Gary Lyon spoke today about uh, Damien Hardwick's response to Shea Bolton. Um, I, I loved the response from Damien Hardwick. Yeah, loved good. it. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, weekends look at it and go, mm, don't like it, but, you know, maybe that's, they're encouraged to be themselves. No, Dimmer said, that's not us. We'll talk to him. That's not, you know what it did? It diffused the whole thing. I've hardly heard a word. I actually saw it on a replay mm. here before. We've hardly heard a word about that because it got diffused like that. Gary Lyon early today on SEN Breakfast. Uh, off the text, Chris says, Bolton was following Ginevan's lead. Um, I don't know if Bolton follows anyone's lead. Um, he, along with Toby Green, might just be the two most watchable players uh, in the game, I reckon. So how did you view that? Have you say, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Friday night, full of feeling, wasn't it? Full of emotion. The message behind Spud's game, we're fighting the fight that he fought to make sure we're having the conversations to help each other out, to help ourselves out. And at the forefront, that was at the forefront of that powerful pregame. Nathan Burke, Tim Watson addressing the players who were all combined, both teams linked arm in arm, talking to them and the people that were at the ground and at home about who Spud was, why his message was so important, how he played the game. It was passionate. It was poetic. It implored players to adopt his approach to the game and everyone to approach to... to to adopt his approach to helping out your mates. Sadly, the Saints uh, weren't able to heed the call of Nathan Burke in that, but the Bombers did play their best footy of the year. Um, the side that's been beaten up by all and sundry by teams who haven't had to break a sweat against them, they beat up the Saints in no uncertain terms, and they put a handbrake on their play with pressure that we haven't seen them apply all year. All year. Has not been in existence all year, but it was the next generation, wasn't it, that was on display that was the real highlight of the win. So the Hobbs, the Drapers, Perkins, Jones, Wright, Redmond, Ridley, McGrath off halfback is absolutely uh, where I think he plays his best footy. And the experts have said the same thing. And have you seen a player look more at home on a big stage straight away than Massimo D'Ambrosio? I can only think of Marlon Pickett, who's another mid-season draft success story. And the byproduct of that is that I continue to doubt the shallow talent pool sceptics that keep saying we can't have another team because we just don't have the talent. Yet every year in the mid-season draft, we find these guys who haven't had a chance, who got looked over at drafts, yet they come in and fit in straight away. Um, St Kilda have got some concerns. Nathan Buckley spoke about it today on SEN Breakfast. Now, they've, they've got high expectations of themselves. They've been really consistent. They've exceeded most people's expectations in the first half of the year. But they play Sydney this week. Then they go Carlton. Frio, Western Bulldogs. So that's a big month and they're coming off their worst performance of the year. So the coach is saying, no excuses for us. We've got to get it going. We've got to make sure that we're putting our best out in the park. And Saints fans are in for a, a very interesting ride over the, last, the next month because, um, yeah, they need to. They need to... Uh, make it happen now because you have a quiet month in that in as, as close as it is you have a quiet month you you could end up missing uh the big dances at, at the end of uh at the end of home and away nathan buckley today on sem breakfast sen.com.au to hear the full chat uh port adelaide on saturday those three games on saturday they kept their faint finals hopes alive so they went 0 five to start the year i had them written off from a numbers point of view, after round three or four, I reckon it was, when they, according to data, were only a 3% chance of making finals. But they uh, are turning their nose up at that particular stat. They've won four out of their last six now, and this time over a top, a genuine top four contender in the Swans, who were a top four contender going into that game, and now a question mark on that too. And they generate 
concerns about their inability to stop teams getting on a run. So the Swans kicked the first three in that game, then led in the next four. In the third quarter, they conceded six unanswered after conceding the last of the second as well. So that's seven in a row. Port put them to the sword. I haven't seen an inside 50 efficiency like that ever. So in the third quarter, by the end of it, they were at 75% inside 50 efficiency. The league best is 49 on average. Todd Marshall repaid the faith with four goals. I think he's kicked seven in the last two weeks, six or seven in the last two weeks. His continuing triumph after early life tragedy is bloody inspiring, uh, I reckon. And Ollie Wines was in his Brownlow medal form. Rosie cut him to pieces out of stoppages. Um, he is a surgeon with the way he goes about and scalping sides. He slices them up. Um, Riley Bonner played his best ever game. Jeremy Finlayson taught Peter Laddams a lesson in the ruck, the first of a few lessons Peter Laddams probably going to be taught this week after a couple of brain fades, one of those ending up in a far too lenient suspension for his punch on Ollie Wines, who was lying face down on the ground and then caught one in the ribs, um, unaware that that was forthcoming. Uh, Josh Jenkins called it an act of thuggery. And Dwayne Russell's saying today that we have to have two separate gradings, two separate categorizations when it comes to the MRO, one for footy acts, one for non footy acts. Sadly, Zach Butters goes down um, with a, a knee injury and he was fantastic in, in the time that he played that game. And Bryn Teekle, another mid-season draftee, he came off second best after laying a strong bump on McInerney, uh, a collarbone for him. But didn't he look right at home uh, as well? one 736 the next game on Saturday, the Eagles showed a bit of fight against the Cats, who are now four and twelve after buys. They were at one stage two and twelve after buys, but the last couple of years they've put paid to uh, one of the most alarming stats I think we used to have in the game. They still look a little bit sluggish, eighteen point win, but they've now won five out of their last six. Back in the four, they've got a dream run home, so you'd lock them in for a double chance. Jeremy McGovern remains in hospital with broken ribs. Uh, by the way, um, Saturday night, if you didn't have a dog in that fight, pardon the pun, that is the perfect game for a passive fan. Perfect game for a passive fan. A heap of goals, a heap of highlights, two fierce rivals with genuine dislike, trading blows. It rained goals, 35 kicked, 230 points combined is a season record. Toby Green, I reckon, might be the most watchable player in the game at the moment, just ahead of Shea Bolton. Have your say on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Seven goals a career best but not enough to deny the Dogs who kicked their third highest total for the year. But the other two against West Coast and North Melbourne, you can take those with a grain of salt. This time it was against a team that was in form and had improved immensely defensively. Well, maybe not immensely defensively because they do let scores in, but they are a much harder proposition, the Giants, under Mark McVeigh than they had been earlier uh, in the year. Dogs have now won four out of their last six. They face six top eight teams in their final nine games. But Norton kicks five, Waitman as well, in returning to the field after that sickening elbow dislocation, I'd want to know from you, has he earned the respect from you now if you were one of his most vehement critics? Surely he has earned your respect. That's as tough as it gets. If you saw the dislocated elbow and then he, him coming back on to compete and play after kicking five in the first half, surely he might have won you over now. Josh Bruce is going to be as crucial an addition, addition to a team in the hunt for finals as I think any. Kick three in the first half of the twos uh, on the weekend. Gary Lyon spoke about Cody Waitman today. Cody Waitman has been, um, we've subjected him to a bit of criticism for flopping and all those sorts of things. That is how you win respect, Cody. That is the way you played on the weekend is exactly how you win respect, is you front up, you do the hard work, 
kicked the goals. You, you know, you did it through skill and talent and forward craft and reading, and then you got hurt. And you, you know, unbelievable courage to stay on and play when you dislocate an elbow. That's what footy, for me anyway. That's that's what footy's about. Gary Lyon today on SEN Brecky, and then to Sunday. How good were the Suns? Yep, they're up against the Crows, but look at the way they dominated periods of that game. We've never seen them do that before. They kicked one goal in the first quarter, and you thought, surely they're not going to drop this game. Surely they've, they're not going to let us down after we started to believe. And then they kicked 17 goals in the last three quarters, six in the second. And then when they got challenged, and by the way, they got helped by another just perler of a protected zone call. Um, we'll talk about the protected zone and how that is not being... The way that rule is written is just not in the spirit of the game. That, that needs to be rejigged straight away because the way in which it has to be officiated is actually now just so – it's actually wrong. It is just plain wrong to players who are not trying to have any impact on the person with the ball and their ability to move on. Uh, they're just trying to follow their opposition player. They've, they've, coaches have figured out a way to try and gain something from it, so the rule now needs to be corrected because of that. Players darting in and darting out and then the, and the opposition player gets pinged. It just it, It's too many examples now when a player has had shown no intent to disrupt anything. All they're trying to do is follow a man. That has to be changed. But that's more of a front pager as well. So in the last quarter, they bang on eight. Rankin and Ainsworth are as good a small forward a combo as any in the comp. You throw Roses back into the mix. Casbolt, Chole, the keys. Jeffrey, the hybrid, when he um, showing what he's all about. And Holman, the pressure forward. They look as dangerous as they have since Lynch and Dixon days. And I would say that thanks to Rankin and Ainsworth, they're more dangerous than they've ever been up forward. They play fast now. They've got the courage to play direct. They don't overpossess. I think six of the top disposal getters were Adelaide Crows players. They overhandballed and they stuffed around with it, but not the Suns. And their defence now is the seventh best in the competition, and it's getting better. It was devastating to see Will Powell, though, go through what he did in that elbow dislocation. He won't play again this year, but he'll never want to hear the horses again either. By the way, I don't under, I'm not having a crack, and I don't want to be mean to the person who's running the entertainment at the ground and the music. But why were we playing Daryl Braithwaite the horses when he was being medicated off? He will never, ever want to hear that song again. It'll give him flashbacks and nightmares. That's, that's not a time for music. That's not a time for Daryl. I never thought I'd say this, but there are just some times when we don't need to hear the horses. So the defence is now seventh best in the league. Uh, they rightly believe now that they can play finals. First time in their history, they should believe. They're just a game outside the eight, and they only play three top eight teams in their run home. So... Their pressure is better than it's ever been. They got 13 goals from turnover. And Nathan Buckley had praise today for Rankin and Ainsworth. Rankin and Ainsworth, two players that just are getting it done. We, we, when, when you look at high-performing or teams that are in form, quite often their high forwards are the ones that are doing a lot of impact. Yes, we set up defensively. And yes, the midfields and maybe the tall forwards. But when sides are performing well, have a look at how well their high forwards are going. Yeah, Ainsworth is having a sneaky great season, up and back. But the thing I loved about Rankin, he's like he's a he's an expressive, creative type. But he must be getting coached really well because you can see he's starting to enjoy sharing his work mm. with his teammates and putting and 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 letting them get the glory. And that's that's a really yeah, that's sc- a- it's a scary prospect. Because if he continues with his with that creativity, and he's and he becomes a great team player as well, that's a good sign for Gold Coast. Uh, it certainly is. So have your say on that. These are the back page items. These are the footy stories to come out of a round of footy.
These are the good news stories about the way in teams performed and then what's to come for those who didn't. We're going to get to the back page stuff after this and the latest on Jordan Ngoi because there is breaking news about that today. Uh, but Ben's in Cranbourne who's been waiting patiently. G'day, Ben. Yeah, how are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. You're good. Do you need me to turn your radio down or you can hear me all right? I can hear all right. No, that's all right. I'm ringing in regard to Shaya Bolton. Um, I, I can't see the problem with it. Mm. You know, we're dehumanising the, the whole thing. I mean, I just think it's—I just think it's—you know—what it, he did was fine. I don't, you know. It's—I agree with you. So they've had an altercation a little earlier, and 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 it's—it's yeah. it's a combative game. You remember those things, and if you can get one up on someone that you've had a little back and forward with, then it's all part of the byplay, isn't it? These are the stories within the stories. He's apologised to Sam well, Doherty, and, and Doherty would have left it there. He laughed about it after. Yes, it upset fans who said you can't do that to Sam Doherty, but I would argue that that's actually patronising to Sam Doherty. He doesn't want to be given any favours. He doesn't want to be treated any differently because no. of what he went through. That would be disrespectful no, to right. him. If you're going to do it, you do it to anybody. and then you. But if you do that, though, Ben, as you'd agree you've got to be prepared for what might come back at you. If you're going to play that way and you're going to layer eyes and, and rub salt into wounds, and I think it adds to the whole drama of the thing and it is an entertainment industry, then you've got to be prepared for what might come back. Of course you do, but it's a real shame. It is, mate. Hey, thanks for the call. Greatly appreciate it. We've got to get a quick break away. Apologies, we'll be back. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, We've gone through the back page stuff, uh, the on-field issues and stories to come out of the round. Uh, The back, the front page, though, of course, is Jordan Ngoi. So apparently he uh, wasn't at training today in the afternoon session for the Magpies. Uh, And Michael Gleeson reporting in the age that Collingwood have withdrawn a contract offer to Jordan Ngoi uh, on the weekend in light of what happened with the Bali nightclub video. Uh, the club had tabled an offer for Ngoi, according to Michael Gleeson, the age. Two-year deal with a trigger for a further two years at about 800k a year. Doesn't mean that they're looking to get rid of him, but it would just give them the opportunity to revise that offer. They'd been in uh, negotiations in good faith and Kilda believed to be lurking and possibly having put in an offer as well, according to Michael. But that is a, a story coming out. Uh, in light of the Jordan Ngoi situation. We'll update you on that further next. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, Welcome back or to the Macca's Run, whichever category you fit into. Either way, it is great to have you on board. Uh, We're recapping the major stories of the day. And from the weekend, we'd like to find out what you think was on the back page coming out of the weekend in sport, the good news stories, the actual what happened on the field stories, and then, unfortunately, often a back uh, front page story as well, uh, what goes on the front page, the things that happen off the field, uh, and the biggest of those, of course, is Jordan Ngoi. You can have his say, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your move, your Harcourts, and the Harcourts open line, and we do it all for Maccas. Grab the one only Big Mac at Maccas today. Fair few texts coming through uh, off the temper text machine. I'll work through those as well. But just uh, just repeating a story that Michael Gleeson from The Age has written at the moment that uh, according to his sources that Collingwood have withdrawn a contract offer to Jordan Ngoi from the weekend in light of what happened uh, of the Bali nightclub video. Uh, the offer that had been tabled, according to Michael, was two years with a trigger 
of a further two worth about 800000 a year doesn't mean that they're not wanting to re-sign him. But according to Michael, that uh, the club could yet return to negotiations with a revised offer or they could decide to not make him a new offer. Um, he's saying sources have confirmed that the Magpies withdrew their latest offer of a potential four-year deal if Triggers were satisfied out of concern at the exposure of contracting a long-term deal with a player with a history of off-field controversy. So according to Michael, the club and Dugowie's management had until the Bali incident when he was filmed partying in a nightclub been in meaningful negotiations and Dugowie had wanted to remain at Collingwood. He believes that St Kilda um, were one of two clubs that had made an offer um, for Jordan Dugowie as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the number to call. Your move, your Harcourts. Um, it's been the major topic of conversation today, uh, starting with Gary Lyon and Nathan Buckley earlier this morning. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks. It's whether Collingwood accept the behaviour of Jordan. And if they say, OK, nothing to see here, why should the rest of us worry? Well, it, it's um, it, it's a... it's. A big story, isn't it? It's a big issue. And it's it's something that the club doesn't need and didn't really need to happen. But there's there's been some choices that have been made that have made it, that have, you know, it's put, popped out of the surface. There's video evidence. There's people speculating on this, that and the other, whether it's right, whether it's wrong. And it's it's a bit of a, a, a um, recidivist situation yeah. where you get caught in the same cycle in the same situation which is unfortunate um the club have got a little bit of work to do and there's the next couple of days there, there's going to be well today you'd think there'd be some statements that would what what is on the Collingwood football club is what they accept yeah, and what they don't that's accept. your opinion you say don't put it on the Collingwood. my opinion is Collingwood takes some responsibility because they've put in a mechanism that's allowed him to go right anyway he's gone and then of all the behaviours over there, the one of gravest concern is the one with the female. And I know, as I said, I don't know if it's your girlfriend or whatever mm. the case is, but it, that is the behaviours that you will be seen to be accepting if there isn't some sort of recourse Which for Which comes to attitudes to women. Right, exactly. Largely. So there is, lies his major, major problem. Uh, Collingwood will deal with the, with the situation as it is. They will... Um, and I don't think it'll just be a football department discussion. I think the board will be involved in, you know, how... You know, we just had the, the call to talk about what the standards, not just the individual standards, but what's the standards of the organisation. Uh, and we just spoke about Shy Bolton and how, and how hard we can hey. with that. I think it needs to be open. It needs to be open. It needs to be addressed. But the organisation is what needs to make its call on what's acceptable. Gary Lyon, Nathan Buckley debating uh, Jordan Ngoi early this morning. Luke Hodge spoke to what the leadership group can do with Jordan Ngoi when he spoke to Jared Waitley earlier today. Well, as far as the leadership group having a leg to stand on, the, all they could say is as far as from an image base, uh, image base, next time our break comes, you're not going overseas. Because whether he goes to Sydney, to WA, to Brisbane, to Bali, to America, he's going to go and have drinks and, and enjoy himself as a lot of the other players do this time of year. So... From a leadership group, because there's been no concerns or no reports sent back that he's done the wrong thing by anyone, I don't think they can they can really do anything apart from have the chat of make sure you pick and choose your times, mate. Jordan, I guess Jordan needs to come to the decision where he goes, he can't keep doing this. Um, and yes, he went across and he did, in his eyes, he's done nothing wrong. But as far as, if soon, as soon as you go to Bali or as soon as you go to Vegas or as soon as you go to LA, it, it automatically thinks you're going there on a party scene where a lot of people talk about the break is there to recover. 
uh, and, and refresh for the second part of the year. He, he knows that he's, people are, are going to have him on watch. Whether he goes to the local footy or, or to anywhere, people are going to be videoing him to see if he's having a beer or having or, or if he's out partying or going to nightclubs. So he's just got to have an understanding now that he can't do anything without the spotlight being on him because people want to take videos, people want to take photos of him and say, I caught him doing this and try and sell it off or whatever they want to do just to get a bit of credit for it. So Gary Lyon, Nathan Buckley, Luke Hodge, uh, sen.com today, you to hear all those chats in full. I reckon there's three issues to this. There's three categories, three sections, whatever you want to refer to them as. But the first one is, to me, the most serious of those, and that's first establishing that if that is indeed Jordan's hand that put, tried to pull the woman's top aside, now I don't know his and her relationship or the context thereof. I won't presume offence on her behalf. She said she has no issue with it, and I accept that and don't judge on that. However, she says that after the fact. And in the video, she did stop him and whoever whoever's hand that was from in its tracks during the act of that and didn't look to, in the video, give the all clear for that to have gone ahead in the first place. So it might be okay for her after the fact, but what about the next woman? So that just isn't okay. That's just not okay visually or in any other context for anyone, but especially if you are someone who has undergone counselling and education uh, when it comes to women been in that situation and been in some of the situations that he has been in, if indeed it is him, and we don't know that for certain. So surely he knows better than that now. And the club cannot be seen to condone that. That's not how the club want to be viewed to, so in their attitudes towards women, the way that we treat women. The club can't dismiss that on behalf of the women they represent, the women that represent them in their AFLW sides, their netball sides, and the people that work uh, in and around the club and who the club represent in their membership as well. So that action alone, in my mind, is one that if it is him, the club has to take very seriously. The going to Bali thing, I don't care. I don't care that he went. I don't care that he went out. I don't care that he drank. Those three things he is well within his rights to do in his time off. I don't care about Jordan Ngoi going to Bali because one, there's nothing illegal or against any rules about that. Players are employees and no employer can tell someone where they can and can't go on holiday. Two, I don't care because I don't think he does. Now, I don't know him and I've never met him, but my impression is that footy just is not as important to him as maybe we would like it to be for him. And he won't be told what to do by anyone in, in and around how he lives his life and how he does and doesn't prepare. That's my view. I don't know this for certain, but it's just my impression. So for him, I think footy is a job and he's going to live his life in a way that if it doesn't suit you or me or the club, then so be it. Now, for a lot of people that never got to play AFL, despite it being their dream, that doesn't make much sense to them. And they can be outraged by that because they'd give anything to be in his position, but that's just not him. And for other players who would have given anything to have his talent and had to bust their behinds to have successful careers. Again, that's just not him. I just don't think he cares in that way. Even though it's a contract year, and yes, you'd think you'd want to pay back the club for the faith and support that they've had of him. You'd want to make sure that any club thinking of wanting to make an offer for you, you're painting yourself in the best possible light, convincing them that you'd turn the corner. That's all well and good. You might think that that's how you'd go about it. But it would just seem to me that that's just not how he feels about it. And he's well within his rights not to feel like that. People say he's dumb. People say he's stupid. I don't think that's right. And I actually think that's harsh. Nobody is that stupid to just blindfully not know and willfully not know what the response to this would have been. I just don't think he cares in that way that we all think that he should. That's not a judgment either. He knew exactly what the club would have wanted him from him in going or not going. He would have known exactly what the outcome would have been and the reaction was going to be to the videos getting out and, and even to the story of him going to Bali. He would know full well what the response would be from some people from that. 
but he still chose to go. He chose to party. He chose to partake in those videos. He made an informed choice, as he as is his right to do. He's planted his flag in the ground eight years into his career and made a choice about what he is and what he isn't willing to do as a professional footballer in his time off. I sort of see it similar to Nick Kyrgios, which has been mentioned a lot. This is a job to him, not the be-all and end-all. So he's happy to commit in the way that he wants to commit. And if you fall into the leave no stone unturned to be the best athlete athlete you can be, the best player you can be, the best teammate you can be, the best club person you can be, that's all well and good for you. Took, Took Miller spoke about that today. He spoke about leaving. He spoke about always wanting to find a way to get better. That he's never satisfied with where he's at. He always wants to be improving. I just don't think that's Jordan Degoe, and I don't think he thinks that it has to be him because there's no rule that says it has to be him. His talent has got him to where he is, and it's made him a bloody good living, and he lives a very good life. And it just might not be that he wants to go those extra miles. So now it's up to the club to figure out. Well, does that fit in with what we're all about? And how they view being dragged back into the spotlight. How his teammates feel about that. Given that they're going to be asked about him in every interview they do in the foreseeable future. Six months after they've had to go through all that. The last time. Just when things were good at the club for the first time in a long time. They're winning games. They're beating top four sides. They're right in the mix for finals where no one thought they would be. The club needs to decide how much is this person worth at contract time. And taking all of that into account. And as we're hearing from Michael Gleeson today they have withdrawn that offer and are looking to revise it. So I don't think the club bear any responsibility at all. I know people say the club should be, you know, they let him go, they let him do this. Well, he's pro- he's not property. He's an employee. I don't think the club has any accountability for his actions. They've instilled trust. It's up to them whether he be- where they believe he's broken the trust. So again, the club is in the spotlight. He is in the spotlight. He's made the statement saying it's the media's fault. And this is... He wasn't papped. He wasn't followed. He willingly did these things in front of a camera in a nightclub that he chose to go to in a break. The media have got nothing to do with that. They didn't take the photos. They didn't make them public. They didn't buy them. They were put on social media and they were spread that way. The fact that he's released a statement not in conjunction with his manager or the club, from what we can tell, I don't think the club would be wrapped about that either. But he has made a statement talking about a serious issue about the way that the media treat players. This is the third part of it and how, the, how he believes that the media pursues him or other players. And I take that on board, and I take that seriously. You have to. I always try to speak when I talk about these things. And by the way, I don't want to. I'd rather be talking about what went on on the field. No one wants to be talking about... I haven't met a single person in media that loves these moments, that loves these stories, and can't wait for them to occur. But you always try to speak about the action, not the person. You don't want to tear somebody down as a human being... And I don't think anyone in the media does. I don't think anyone gets any joy out of this. I don't think anyone roots for people to fail. I don't think anyone wants to bring somebody down. Nobody chased him. Nobody was jumping up out of bins and and, and papping him over there. But you always do have to consider the human first and then the behaviour. But the statement was an overreach. He's not a victim in this instance. Jordan, I don't think you're stupid. I don't think you're dumb. I believe you've made a decision as an adult and you're absolutely entitled to do that. So you're going to stand by that. Or if you regret it, you apologise for it and I'll... I'll be one of many that'll accept that apology. But you don't then treat the general public like they're stupid by trying to paint yourself uh, as a victim. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Nick's in Doreen. G'day, Nick. Yeah, g'day. How are you going? Good, thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to... Um, I guess I'm on the goey's side. Um, I'm calling with supporter. Okay. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's people 
you know, I think we need to consider the fact that you know he's a young he's a young man too. Like he he runs pretty hot, you know. He, he um that's how he plays. He plays, if it plays hard, he probably parties hard. You know, he's probably a bit old school. I mean, I know ex AFL footballers who got up to all sorts of business, and you know, we're not hearing about that now. But um, yeah, I feel like he's been um, demonised a bit. I think he deserved to get pulled over the coals the first time around with what happened. Uh, but this time around, it just seems to me like like a bit of an overreaction. I think the moral high ground's a little bit. Um, I, yeah, I, I I would just encourage people just to sit back. And, and and just think of it from his perspective. The young bloke is trying to let off some steam and he's under a hell of a lot of pressure and he does get really well compensated for it. But yeah, maybe football isn't his thing. Maybe it's just something he's really good at and, and the time will come and he probably knows that. And so he's gone, oh, I respect the fact that he's gone, well, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And it's a sad reality for fans, but you know, the people are individuals at the end of the day. Um, he's just being himself. And... Uh, I'd love it if he was the golden boy um, as a supporter, but um, so I don't really care. You know, he's bringing what he's bringing. Um, I don't think he was he was trying to be disrespectful to anybody. I think he he thought he <coughs> he could probably get away from it all. Just for on five that, minutes. just on that part, Nick. As I said, I I tend to break this down into those three categories I just mentioned. So again, no, I don't couldn't care less that he went to Bali. Um, couldn't care less that he had a drink. Couldn't care less. Um, yep. But I do care about. The vision, if that is his hand that's trying to pull the girl's top away to expose uh, her breast, I do care about that. So if it was your employer and saw you in videos doing that, do you think that that is something that needs to be taken seriously and that isn't something and that is, those aren't behaviours that should be accepted or condoned or encouraged? Yeah, no, of course. I mean, like, that, you, no employer's going to condone that if that's the case. And, you, you know, if it was me, I wouldn't put myself in that position. But, you know, I'm 46, you know, he's in, he's in his 20s, he's got a lot of money, yep. he's got a lot of attention, you know, and, and I suppose it takes a while for the penny to drop um, for people, you know, sometimes for some people it never does. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I agree with you on that, on that completely, and I understand where you're coming from with, from that, but I, I, I don't think that, he doesn't seem like that sort of a kid, and, and um, I'm sure he's just, he's, he's got a habit of putting himself in bad situations, I, yeah. I'm sure that there's nothing more to it. For him. Uh, Nick, I, I wouldn't yep. use the term kid. Um, certainly think young man at 26 years of age, um, but certainly I wouldn't go with kid. But uh, I really appreciate you ringing up to have your say. Uh, Jack's in Adelaide. G'day, Jack. G'day, Sam. Love what you were saying just before. Uh, I thought I'd ring up because I've come a full 180 on this. I'm 30 years old myself and I've been through those days and nights, kind of, you know, recent years, as I'm sure all young men have. And I surrounded myself with mates in my early 20s who I don't know anymore because I made a conscious decision to cut them loose out of my life just because they were bad influences. And, I, and at the time, I couldn't see it. I couldn't recognise it. Um, and I, I just feel that I'm not saying we should have sympathy for Jordan Degoe because he doesn't want that, I don't think. He just enjoys being himself, and that's fine. But mm. there comes a point where in his life, my life especially too, where it was his choice, and these videos weren't just random m- members. They seemed to come from his mates and within his his um, entourage, you know. And I just think that if you're in his position, surely if you had one shred of, you know, go and do those things, but just have a chat with your mates and go, guys, put the phones away tonight, no Snapchat, no nothing. Um, 
Because at the end of the day, I bet you, I don't know, 60% of AFL guys on their break would have gone out somewhere over the break and they would have had the nous to, you know, say to their mates, put the phones away. Let's not get, you know, anything out there that could come back to haunt us in six weeks, six years, whatever. Um, And I just think there's a little bit of perhaps, Mm. not that I'm trying to have sympathy, but a certain cry for help where he almost wants to get caught he almost wants to maybe not have yeah, AFL in his life I anymore. Think I think wants, we're, yeah, I think we're you know? speculating. I think, I think we're speculating there, Jack. And your point uh, is a valid one. But also, too, what do you do when a camera is put in front of your face as well? There's decisions to be made there about how you conduct yourself when someone does that within your friendship. So it's not just about the sharing of them. It's about the content of them uh, as well, mate. Hey, thanks so much for ringing, Jack. Always great to hear from you. Fantastic. Thanks, Sam. Good to hear you. Uh, Emma's in Melbourne. G'day, Emma. Sam, hi. Hi. I'm so fired up about this. I already called last week. Sure. I just think he's taking the piss out of all of us, honestly. Um, he's an entitled young man and he, it doesn't matter because he's worth X amount. Therefore, his behaviour directly correlates to that. If he was not as talented as he is, he wouldn't get away with that. If I did that, I'd be sacked on the spot and, and my employer saw that and, and I, I suspect the majority of other people would be too. Um, he's, you know, I mean, how can you think that that's acceptable behaviour? And and the fact that the camera was on him, he, he played that up for that. He's making a mockery of all of us, frankly. Uh, Emma, I, I love it when you call. I, I love your passion for it, and I appreciate you giving your perspective on it. Uh, we've got to get to a break and come back, and uh, we'll continue to take your calls. For those who are calling in now, we've got an hour of sporting capital as well. Uh, we'll be able to um, just keep this rolling through. Back after this on the Macca's run, grab the one only Big Mac at Macca's today with the special sauce and juicy beef. Grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Welcome to the Macca's run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, really appreciating all your calls and all your texts. one 736 on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts. Uh, Lindsay is in Somerville. G'day, mate. Lindsay, hello. You're on air. Hello, Lindsay. Might just get you to search uh, for Lindsay to see if he's... Uh, uh, with us there, JK, um, 1300 736 736. Uh, some of your texts that are coming through, and we can keep the conversation going uh, in the sporting capital as well. But just uh, as they've been coming through, Sam Richmond played a depleted Carlton side by 16 points. Um, they aren't getting much better than they really uh, are. No one is worried about them first week of finals. That's from Jack. Uh, from the round that's about to come, it's moving day all weekend. Yeah, there's going to be some serious ladder movement. Um, after this round coming up. I cannot wait. Uh, as a Tigers supporter, I didn't particularly like uh, it, co- uh, talking about Shea Bolton showing the ball to Sam Doherty because of the timing. If they would had run over us uh, in the last quarter, we'd look really silly, to say the least. Um, great point. Part of the price he pays for being a high-profile and highly paid player is that he actually does represent the AFL 
uh, and the club and his choices have consequences. That's come through about Jordan Ngoi. Uh, Bailey Smith takes uh, uh, Bailey Smith takes legal drugs, sympathy and mental health cards played. Media generally softly, softly. Jordan Ngoi has some legal fun, gets videoed and leaked. Female in question has no concerns. Media pile on, grossly unfair. That's from Tony in Warnable. AG says, I would like people defending, defending Goey to ask women in their life whether they agree if it's okay. People saying we've all done stupid things as kids don't realise. Um, uh, movies back in the day would be highly offensive today. That's from AG. Uh, and then off the text, I think Shay needs to convert more often before showboating. His efforts in front of goal v Port were terrible. 05, and I reckon three were kickable by any player in the comp. Just a sample of the texts that have come through on the temper text. 0433 98-11-16. Uh, Sporting Capital up next and plenty of news to get through. Heroes and villains as well. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.